listening to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. We are starting a brand new series today. So we are, we are going to be looking at this term up until Christmas. We're going to be going through the Gospels and we're going to be picking encounters that men and women, just like you and I, had with Jesus as he walked this earth. And uh, what, what we'll find is that more often than not, these encounters come around food. These encounters come around Jesus eating with people, Jesus having, hanging around people's houses, Jesus going to parties with people. And this, this series was, was, was birthed out of the series that we did in the summer, where we went through um, biblical history, where we went through um, the, the story, redemption history, and we took, looked at it, and then, like I said, there's many ways, there are many themes you can do this as you read through your Bible. It's an interesting kind of um, uh, exercise to do, to, to go through and take a theme through the Bible from beginning to start. We, we took the theme of food, and so we, we looked at the biblical story from the, first, from the meal in the garden where everything went wrong, and sin and deathness and separation and illness and all that kind of stuff that's wrong with the world came into the world all the way through. We tracked that through all the way to the end with the marriage supper of the Lamb where everything is made new, everything is made right and everything um, in God makes, makes all things right again. And so we, we looked at, didn't we? We looked at meals. We looked at we looked at meals where where God would where God would break into life in people's lives. Where God would break into situations. He'd break into people's lives over a Passover meal. He'd break into people's lives over over leaders gathering up the top of a mountain. He'd break into a prophet's life by and, and feed him with ravens at the at the side of a brook that was drying up. He'd break into a widow widow's life. As, as she was running out of food, as she had nothing else to eat or drink, and, and God miraculously made the, the oil and the flour kind of never, never run out. You know, he broke into to a group of men's lives who, who, were, um, who were going nowhere, and, 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 and he ate with them. He shared that he changed, and he shared with them the Lord's Supper. We, over and over again, we looked at these moments where God breaks into history. And that's what we're going to see here. We're going to see that as we go through the Gospels, we're going to see that time and time and time again, where Jesus goes, the kingdom breaks in. Heaven breaks in. Now, just a side note. When you think of heaven, I don't know what you think about, but let's, uh, uh, what I want you not to think about or limit when you think of heaven is not to think about a place where one day when I die, I will grow some wings and I will fly off to this, this other dimension called heaven. It, that, that's, that's not what the Bible talks about. That's not what the, when the Bible talks about heaven. It doesn't talk about this, this, this other dimension where once we're dead, you know, uh, I become a Christian and that's kind of signing my insurance certificates so that, that when, if something bad happens to me, I can live my life however I want, do whatever I want, live how I want, say what I want, act how I want. But when I die... Then I'm sorted. I can go. I'll grow my wings. I'll head off to this 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 other place called heaven, and I'll be happy there. Actually, that, that's not what the Bible describes. It doesn't describe heaven as a place that where we escape to. Actually, more often than not, it describes heaven. Heaven. You know, we are called to pray for heaven to come, for heaven heaven to come to earth. Jesus says, you know, when he says, "This is how you should pray." Pray for the, for God's kingdom, for heaven to come, to break into earth like it, it like you know, God's will, God's reign to break into earth like it is in heaven. And so heaven is is where God's rule and reign 
It is absolute. Where, 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 where what he, what, what, what happens is exactly, is exactly how, how what, what he's, what, exactly how, how he wants it. Everyone is bowing their knee to him. And so, when we, when we, when we think of heaven, we, we think of a place actually where, where God's rule and reign is. And actually, what we're called to do is ask for that for him. And so, and what, what the Bible tells us is rather than one day that we will escape when we die and go to heaven. But actually, it should, on the last page of the Bible, it talks about heaven coming down to earth. Heaven enveloping earth. And so, and what we see through the Gospels, what we're going to see over the, the next coming weeks and months, is actually that where Jesus went, heaven came. Where Jesus walked, heaven came. When Jesus spoke to people, heaven invaded their lives. And what I mean by that is people were healed. People who were dying became well. People were dead, raised back to life. People's minds and, and, and the way their life was going was completely transformed as heaven broke into those situations. And what we're going to see is actually that wasn't just unique for Jesus, but actually because of the cross, because he has died and he has rose again and he has risen, and now for us who are Christians, he lives inside us, that actually we can expect who we talk to where we go, where we stand, where we, t- where we spend our day-to-day lives, that heaven can break into those situations. So I'm getting ahead of myself, but if you've got a Bible, we're going to read the first of these stories where Jesus breaks in. I'm going to put it up on the screen, but it's always good to, to, to read along, whether on your app or physical Bible. And we're going to be in John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. And we're going to read about a... Uh, Jesus' first miracle that he, that he does, and it's at a wedding feast. So, it says, John 2, verse 1. On the third day, of the wed- the wed- on the third day a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then, Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheap wine after the... Guests have had too much to drink, but you have served the best wine till now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, we, we, are, we are desperate, God. God, we're desperate to, for you to bring a change. God, we're desperate for you to move, for you to, you to bring your rule and reign in this place. Lord God, that, that your name would be, would be uttered in praise on the mouth of every man, woman, child that calls this place home. Lord Jesus, we, our desire is for your kingdom to break in. Lord God, for your kingdom to break in where we live. Lord Jesus, we ask you, 
We ask you, God, come, send your spirit, come, send your spirit on us, stir us again, Lord Jesus, and change this town, Lord God, and use us, Lord God. We pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, first thing is, what we see from this story is, life with Jesus should be exciting. Life with Jesus is exciting. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, what we find is that whether you are rich or poor, whether you were young, whether you were old, whether you were Jew or Gentile, which means non-Jew, people wanted to be around him. He was an exciting person to want to be around. He, he, where life wasn't dull when Jesus was around. And that's the, that should be the same now. That life with Jesus, where if we have invited Jesus into our lives, if we've asked him to take control, we've asked him, we've said that you are my Lord and Saviour, life shouldn't be dull with Jesus. You see, you see, for, for me, you know, life with Jesus has meant, you know, growing up in a in a small place in Dorset. You know, when when I was sixteen, going, uh, being, feel like God calling me um, to go on a on a on a missions week in Salford, where I, I fell in love with the place. That Salford's an awful place, by the way. But it's not a sort of place you fall in love with. But I fell in love with the place, and and but but I, I, I was on this missions week, and God God. God, God called me there. I wanted to, to help. I wanted to serve. I wanted to tell young people about Jesus. But there was one problem. I didn't really want to tell people about Jesus while scrubbing their streets or cleaning their cars. I'd much rather play, play football with them. So I decided that that's what I was going to do. I was going to change from... Uh, uh, there was a space to play football with some kids. So I changed from scrubbing graffiti or whatever off walls to, to, um, to, to, to playing sports with them. And that was obviously ordained with God, and that's what he wanted me to do, and that's, I'd say that's a brilliant idea, because that's where I met Jen, and um, the rest is history. But you know, it's, um, it's an exciting thing to be with Jesus, because then, then from there, I, I moved to Salford, got involved with, 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 with that church plant, the birthed out of that, that, that outreach. From there, moved to Lancaster, got, was, was involved, me and Jen were involved with, with getting a church plant, getting off the ground. And from there, God moved us to Blackpool. You know, so a, a boy growing up in Dorset, kind of visiting a number of towns and cities in the northwest, being involved by God. It's, it's not boring being with God. And, you know, most of you, I'm looking across this room, there's, is there anyone here who grew, who grew up in Blackpool here? Well done, Gillian. Well done, Gillian. And that does not mean your life's boring, by the way. <laughs> well done, Gillian. God has called you here. God has called you here. God has called every single one of us here. God loves this place and God has called us here. And actually, whether we were born down the road or whether we were born halfway across the world, the exciting thing about Jesus is that he uses us. He moves us on. He brings us into different places, doesn't he? See, life, life it's not problematic. It's not, not problem-free like with Jesus. It's far from it. But actually, it's exciting. And I tell you what, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than doing my life alongside Jesus. You see, and let me, let me humbly suggest whether if you're listening to this now or, or whenever, if, you're, if that's not your experience, that you feel like life with Jesus is a bit dull, a bit boring, a bit mundane, can I humbly submit that maybe you don't know the real Jesus? Maybe you don't know life with the real Jesus because... Life with Jesus is amazing. Life with Jesus is never dull. And what we see here, even in this, this wedding feast, we see that Jesus cares about every single part of your life. He cares about you. He cares what you're doing. He cares about the big things. He cares about the small things. He cares about your exams. 
that you take. He, care, he cares about whether you pass them or whether you fail them. He cares about the work that you're doing, whether, whether you're promoted or whether you're, you're, your contract is terminated. He cares about every single part of your life. And, and that doesn't mean that you won't pass the exam. That doesn't mean you won't lose your job or whatever. But it's so amazing to know that through that, he is always there with us. Now, I often think it's amazing. You know, it's hard, you know, doing exams, kind of going for job interviews. They're hard things. But I'm so glad that fails or, or succeed, Jesus is with me. And that's the same for each one of us. We know Jesus is with you. And, and he cares about this wedding. He cares about this wedding, which runs out of wine. Which, for us, if we're kind of thinking, especially British... Um, 20, 21st century weddings, uh, we would think, how on earth can that happen? You know, you might go to, to the bar and it might have run out of the, the beer, the, you know, the, the barrel's gone dry. But, but that's like really unheard of. Um, and that's because our, our weddings last for like an afternoon. I don't know, I mean, guys, how long did your remaining wedding last? Three days. Okay, see, even th three days. See, I've never been to a wedding that lasts last. How, how long does a wedding last in your culture? Three days, three days. See, three days. It's normal. So we think an afternoon. God, can I can I book that time off to go see that person for that afternoon? Really? Where for the rest of the world, it's like three days. It's like no problem. And so this is this is what it was. It would have been it would have been two, three days, four days. It could have been a week. These these weddings um, that they had and would still do have in the, in the Middle East. And so not so that, so running out of wine was a possibility. I mean, it's quite hard to cater for people for that amount of time. But it was your responsibility as the bridal party to make sure that everyone during the time of the wedding was fed and watered. And, and, and if they were, if food ran out or if, water, if, if wine ran out, um, I couldn't really think of a, a, a necessary an example of what that would be like. But you know the kind of typical um, nightmare that, that you may have had or not had, but it's always on TV or whatever, of, this, of, of turning up to school or to, or to work naked? You know, that, that, that kind of embarrassment, that, that humility of, of, of turning up and having, having no clothes, it's, that, that's the kind of humiliation level that this family would, would have felt, that any family would have felt, that, that they were in, in this situation of running out of wine, it would bring such shame and humiliation onto the family. And so, G Mary comes to Jesus and she goes, they have no wine, they've run out of wine. They've run out of wine. And, and, and I, I don't know how you imagine her saying it, but obviously Mary was, was she's, a, she's probably a matriarch in the society. She knew what was going on. And, and I, I'm imagining in my head, this is extra biblical, by the way, so, so it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily true, but this is how I imagine it anyway. I like to imagine our stories go. And, um, and I, I imagine Mary going, Jesus, there's no wine. They've got no wine. Now, remember your brother's birthday last year, how you made that cupcake? serve 50 people, right? Do something like that again, okay? Because these guys have got no wine and it's gonna be embarrassing for them and I know you can do something. So this is what you need to do right now, Jesus. And, and, and I don't know whether she did that or not. I don't know what, whether that was it, but, but that's the sort of thinking I'm thinking, I'm going with. Because that's what we do, don't we? we? There's problems that occur in our life and we go, Jesus, this is how you need to sort this. Jesus, you are in control. You are sovereign. You are all powerful, God. Therefore, I have a problem. Do this, that, and the other, and we're going to be fine. We're going to be all right. This is what you need to do, Jesus. 
You know, Jesus, I, I need a new job and I want this one. So you're gonna, this, uh, you're gonna give it to me. You know, you love me, give it to me. You know, I, I'm, I, I need a new house. God, come on, sort it. Why, why are you not doing it? What, what's the problem? You know, I, 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 I'm not feeling great. You know, I, I'm ill. Or I'm sick. Or whatever. You know, Jesus, just heal me. Just, just do it. You know, Jesus, come on. I, you know, I, I'm not asking big things. I mean, you're, you're Jesus. Just, just do it. Come on. This is how life should work. And come on, get with the program and do it. And I'm not saying it's bad to ask Jesus for things. Actually, we should ask for Jesus all the time. Actually, with the, with the right heart, when we come to Jesus and we ask Him stuff, what we're ultimately, hopefully, acknowledging is, I can't do anything. I need you. I need you, God. I need you to 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 to, to exist, God. I need you. You know, I I need I need you to to to, to be in my life. Otherwise, you know, my life just falls apart. And so when we come to him for these big things like, I wish I'm short on money, please God help me, you know, I'm this, that and the other, please, uh, it's not a bad thing. But sometimes what can happen is we get so fixated on what's wrong and therefore how we believe Jesus should fix it, we can miss out on what he's doing and what he's actually saying. And whether, whether Mary goes there or not, I don't know, but... What's brilliant is that she gets very quickly to this stage, which is do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. She moves very quickly from Jesus sort this out to whatever you want to do, just say. And that's brilliant because that's, that's saying, Jesus, I'm listening. That's saying, Jesus, I trust you. That's saying, Jesus, I know you're good. I know you're sovereign. And even if you don't do things the way that I want you to, I still trust you and I still believe you are sovereign. It's, it, you know, as we've been saying, we've been praying for God to build his church, for God to, to bring salvation. It's saying, God, I believe you. Things don't seem to be going the way I, I, I thought they would do, but God, I still believe that your word is true, that you will build your church. Let me ask you, what are you asking Jesus for? And what is he saying to you? What is he saying to you? Are you listening? Because Jesus says to these guys, doesn't he? He says, fill the jars. Fill the jars with water. Fill the jars. You see, when we say it's really easy on a Sunday, on a Wednesday night to, to raise our hands and say, God, I trust you. God, you are in control. God, you, I trust you. Uh, I, I'll, I'll Just speak, God. But that's only half the story. You remember the prophet Jonah? He heard God. He knew exactly what God was asking him to do. God, God said, go to Nineveh. <coughs> Jonah said, no thanks, I'm going to go to Tarshish. We can hear what God is saying. Well, we can hear what God is saying. You know, Jeremy was preaching, and if you haven't heard it, I'd, I'd encourage you to go, uh, go back and listen to the, the devoted... Um, main session especially that Jeremy gives he says he asks us you know, what are you listening what, what's God saying to you what's God what's God telling you to do because he is he is speaking to us and it's not always what we think you see let me say this is what like, we, we've said it already this morning but I believe what he's saying to us as a church and what he's been saying is in this post-lockdown world that open our homes Open your homes. Invite people in. 
Pray. Pray for his kingdom to come. Pray that God would use you. Pray that God would use others. I know it's been a while, but you know, give up your Wednesday nights. We'd love to and come and pray with us. Pray and worship and ask God to come. Ask God to, to bring to, to, to pour out his power. Ask God, you know, things that we're praying for. You know, we've been praying for the kids, we've been praying for the youth, praying for, for God to bring salvation, for God to, to, to bring people to, to, to us who are called from across the world to this, this town to join us. Pray for, for a building that we can call our own, that we can use every single week. These are things that we're praying for and to invite you to, to pray for them in your own time, but also come and join us on a Wednesday and pray for them. Speak to your friends, invite them, invite them along to, to your house and invite other people. Like I said already, if, if you're able to, we'd love you to serve on kids. And there may be other things that God's speaking to you about. But what's amazing is, this is amazing. See, like I said, Jesus speaks. Jesus speaks to us. Jesus speaks to you. He speaks to me. And it's one thing saying, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I give you everything. But look at this. It says, so they filled them to the brim. The servants, okay, this is a nameless person. We don't know whether it's a man or a woman. We don't know how old he is or she is. But this person, okay, we can read over the story and go, okay, Jesus said, fill the jars and go and give some to the master. Okay? We kind of glaze over the fact that this servant actually did that. Put yourself in this situation for a second, okay? This servant, he goes and fills this water jar, which was what they used for washing. This is bath water, okay? He fills these jars up, and then he takes a ladle full, and he goes and gives it to the master of the, of the party, okay? Imagine you're doing that, okay? This really, really important person has asked you for some wine, and you are about to give him bath water, okay? If it's me, I'm, I'm, I'm ladling that. If it's me, I'm not sure whether I'd have the guts to actually do it, but if it is me and I get there and I take a deep breath and I do it, I'm grabbing my ladle, I'm taking the bath water and I'm lining up with this cup and I'm kind of this position, like maybe, maybe like this, like, so he doesn't see my face and, and ready to run as soon as he takes the water because, you know, this guy, as soon as he asks for wine and he gets water, he is going to want to fire me, if not worse. So I'm going to make sure he doesn't know who I am and I'm well out there before he realises what's just happened. But amazingly, this guy trusts him, doesn't he? I mean, just think, what's God talking to you about? You know, we can pray, we can pray, we can pray, we can, we can write our friends' names down and say, say, Lord Jesus, please save them. God, God bring your light. Let them, let them come to faith and know you. And then God might speak to us and say, go and have a conversation with them. Well, I'm not sure I want to do that. I'm not sure I want to actually talk to them about Jesus. Or, God, heal them. God, please heal my friend. Or, God, they've been suffering for so long. And God says, go up to them and tell them that you want to pray for them. Well, that's a bit scary, God. I mean, I might look like an idiot. They might, might think I'm an absolute loony. You see, this, I mean, this, this is the sort of situation this guy's in. But amazingly, he does this. See, we, we, we can, and rightly so, we, we look at this and we say, this is the first miracle that Jesus did. 
But what we see here is what we can miss out is that if that servant didn't go and get that water and didn't go and pour it in that master's cup, there was no miracle. There was no miracle. But because this nameless nobody goes and gets some water and puts it in a cup where someone's expecting wine, heaven breaks in. Heaven breaks in. The kingdom of God breaks in in that situation. And that's what I want. That's what I want, don't you? For heaven to break into our situations. For people to get saved, people to encounter God, for people to get healed, for for, for, for whatever things. I want things to happen. I want God to, to break in. And what God says is, will you listen to what I'm asking you to do? I'm not going to tell you, I don't know what he's asking you to do, but will you listen? Will you listen? Will you do what I'm asking you to do? And the wonderful thing is this this sentence at the end. It says, the master drinks this, and at some point, at some point from, from the water being poured in his cup to the water from the cup going into his mouth, it turns into wine. And not just wine, but the best wine that's ever, ever been drunk. You know, as he says, he says to him, you know, just come over here. As he speaks to the, speaks, uh, speaks to the bride, bridegroom. He says, you know, what, what on earth are you doing? What on earth are you doing serving wine this good? This is the best wine I've ever tasted. And what are you doing it, serving it now? You know, half the people at this party are tipsy. They're not going to know if it's good wine or not. What are you doing serving this now? But the point is, the point is that, that Jesus, Jesus goes beyond our expectations. Mary at the beginning, she says, do something. She just needed some wine. She didn't care what it tasted like, they just needed wine. Jesus, by the end, I'm sure it wasn't in Mary's plan for him to ask a servant to go get some water and give it to the man, and it turned to wine at some point. But that's what happened. And the amazing thing is that Jesus surpasses everyone's expectations by making the best wine ever. And let me just encourage you, we need to raise our expectations. So as Jen ended our worship time with, God wants to challenge us to raise our expectations. Because you know what? Jesus doesn't always do exactly what we want him to do. I'm sure many of us have been Christians long enough to be praying for God to do something, and he's not done what we wanted him to do. He's God, he's got that prerogative. He can do what he wants. But let me tell you, Jesus always surpasses our expectations. If we're watching, if we're listening, we will see that he surpasses our expectations every single time. And do you know what? I'd much rather be, I'd much rather be like this servant. And that's what I'm praying that I'd be. That's what I'm praying that we'd be as a church. Much rather be a bunch of nobodies who no one knows anything about, but are brave enough to ask God and then listen to what he's saying and act. I'd rather be a nobody and see heaven break in like this servant did than a somebody who misses everything that God's doing. That's what I want, that's what I want for us. So can we do that? Can we listen? Can we ask? Can we act? I'm gonna pray. Lord Jesus, God, you are awesome. God, you are so good. 
God, I want to thank you that from the very beginning of time, you've been surpassing our expectations. God, our, our wildest dreams can't even fathom how good you are. Lord God, and I pray, God, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord God, there's so many things that I'm asking you for. And I know there's so many things that my friends here are asking you for, for, for salvation, for baptisms, for for, for buildings, for friends um, um, coming to know you, for, for healing, for, for job opportunities, for, for difficulties at work, for, for, for help with, with family, Lord Jesus, whatever it is. Lord God, we, there's so many things that we are, we are asking you for. Lord Jesus, and it's good to us, we recognise that. But Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would, you'd, you'd enable us, you'd give us the faith, not just to ask and expect you to do things the way that we want you to. But God, we'd, we'd watch, we'd be people who watch and listen to what you're doing. God, and when you speak, we'd follow. We do. God, we want to see a town transformed. God, and we are here waiting, <clears throat> listening, watching for what you are doing so that we can join in on it. God, use us. Use us, God, from the youngest to the oldest. Use us, God. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk.